Greetings, fellow Earthlings. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. I want to thank all of our listeners from all over the world. Please do subscribe and share if you're not already. All right, let's get into it. Greetings, fellow Earthlings. This is Dave. Another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. This week's news, the week in review, chopping it up, breaking down the top stories of the week. So this is my first episode coming from my new sound booth. So let's see how it sounds in comparison to last week. Hey, hey now. So we've got some interesting stories, and this is from NPR National. So the first African-American spelling bee champion breezes to a wind, Zyla Avant-Garde. What a perfect name for a poet, right? Avant-garde. Isn't that great? In other news, Fauci says current vaccines will stand up to the Delta variant. And Michael Avenatti, Stormy Daniels' ex-lawyer, heads to prison for attempted extortion. And apparently 10 more buildings were found in the Florida building collapse. Um, let's see here. What we know about the assassination of Haiti's president. Ooh, the assassination of Haiti's president, Jovenel Moise, on Wednesday has pitched the country into uncertainty. Haiti was already in crisis before its president's assassination. And yeah, I heard some crazy things on this. Let's get into this one because I heard some things that were pretty disturbing about this. So I want to get into this. I heard that there were people dressed as DEA. But anyway, let's not pontificate. Let's just read the article. So once again, this is by Jacqueline Diaz, July 8th, NPR. Why did heavily armed men gun down the president of Haiti? Police say they killed four suspects in a tense hostage situation and arrested two brothers. But who... The suspects are, and their motivation remains a mystery. Haitian authorities have reacted quickly to the attack, arresting alleged gunmen, closing borders, and instituting martial law. Uh, Jovenel Moise was killed in his home early Wednesday morning, according to authorities. His wife and Haiti's first lady, Martine, was shot and injured as well. She was reported in stable but critical condition and has been sent to Miami for treatment. Police say some suspects were killed or arrested. And I'm going <clears> to <throat> bear with me a moment. I'm going to get down into the meat of this. OK, here we go. So they're quoting Bochet Edmund, the Haitian ambassador of the United States, said the attackers posed as agents of the U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency administration, excuse me, likely gaining entry to Moise's home by using that identity. Edmonds said the murder of the president had been carried out by well-trained professionals, killers, commandos, speaking Spanish. There are other reports that the gunman also spoke English. Haiti's primary languages are French and Creole. So there you go. Booyah. And it looks like this is uh, the next paragraph kind of buttons it up. Um, the acting prime minister decreed a two-week state of siege. So looks like um, all hell is breaking loose in Haiti. Oh yeah, not good. Oh no. So let's see here. What else do we got? What else we got? 
Let's see. Here's a new good one. Here's another good one. Keeping up on the cop watch thing. On our watch, litigation reveals new details in police shooting of Oscar Grant. So let's get into that one. I'm going to go ahead and share this on IG real quick to see if we can get some people in the house here. How's everybody doing this morning? It's Frickety Friday, and I hope uh, hope everybody's having a good day. All right, so share the show there. See if we can get some eyes on this uh, on this action here. Missing my co-host, Big Bear Radio. I don't know what happened with us this morning, but uh, you know. It was a little glitchy trying to connect with stereo this morning. I'm going to send them in uh, some suggestions for the next app update. They're really good about listening when you do send in an, uh, a suggestion. They've adopted three or four of mine, I think, maybe more. Um, yeah, but anyway, getting into it. So we're going to open up, open up on the Oscar Grant issue here. So this article written by Suki Suke Lewis and Sand Sandha Dirks and Alex Emsley and Dan Breckel. It must be a um, an audio program that they're all on. Um, let's see. Reverend Wanda Johnson's son Oscar Grant was shot and killed by a Bay Area, Bay Area Rapid Transit police officer. On January 1st, 2009, the recordings of the internal investigation were not released until this year when NPR member station KQED forced BART, the company with California's The Right to Know Act, to comply with California's The Right to Know Act, a 2019 police transparency law. And like, we need more police transparency laws, right? Like, you know, whatever you think about defund, you know, it should all be transparent, right? I mean, these are the police are public servants. We need to know what they're doing, how they're doing it. We need to know if somebody's been disciplined. You know, it shouldn't be internal investigations. It should be like your driver's record, right? Like if you get in a certain if you get a certain amount of tickets, you can't drive in any state. It doesn't matter. You can't just go to another state and be like, oh yeah, I got 15 tickets in California, but now I'm moving to Oregon. No. So you shouldn't be able to do that as a police officer that's got, you know, um, you know, negative things on your record anyway. So <clears throat> Reverend Wanda Johnson sits down on a folding chair in her driveway on a hot afternoon in June. There's no air conditioning inside. So she's fashioned an outside office and pulls her chair up to a small table where a computer is perched. She's getting ready to listen to excerpts of nearly 60 hours of newly released tapes, recordings of a police investigation that have been secret for over a decade. On those tapes is a story that's never been fully heard before. The story of what happened after a transit cop shot her son on a Bay Area rapid transit platform on New Year's Day, 2009. If you haven't seen the footage, of the Oscar Grant murder. It's harrowing. It's another one. It's just brutal, um, you know, because it's totally excessive force. You know, the cop said he thought he was reaching for his taser and then he shot him in the back and like, oh, so it's it's another case of like the cop being all hopped up and confusing if we believe the statement 
um, the cop confused his weapon with his you know, firearm with his uh, taser. So that's inexcusable. Um, I don't know what we do about this, but it's part of the whole conversation on police reform. One of the first police shootings captured on cell phone, millions saw BART police officer Johannes Mersel fire a single fatal gunshot into Oscar Grant's back as the 22-year-old lay face down on the train station platform. The event would later be depicted in the movie Fruitvale Station, in which Michael B. Jordan plays Grant on what would be the last day of his life. But until now, no one outside the agency has actually heard what happened after the cell phone video ended. A lawsuit filed by NPR member station KQED earlier this year forced BART to comply with the California's Right to Know Act, a 2019 police transparency law, and released the never-before-heard tapes, the subject of the new podcast on NPR and KQED, On Our Watch. The tapes allow listeners inside that investigation for the first time and may provide lessons for larger failings about the system that promises to hold police accountable. It has long been clear that BART made significant missteps in the investigation of Grant's shooting, and in the aftermath of the incident, the police chief and two commanders retired. Mercil would be convicted of involuntary manslaughter and serve 11 months in jail, but the long secret files focus, long secret files focus new attention on former BART police officer Anthony Tony Perron, who was fired for his actions on the platform, but never criminally charged. Perron was the first officer to respond to a call about a fight on the train crowded with people celebrating New Year's. When Perrone stopped a group of young men on the platform, Grant and his friend Michael Greer jumped back on the train. Perrone removed Greer from the train and threw him on the ground. After Grant tried to stand up to intervene, Perrone repeatedly hit Grant. The crowd began yelling at Perrone and his partner, objecting to their handling of the situation. So this part, I've ne- I didn't even know. Five more BART officers, including Johannes Mersel, responded to calls for backup. Mersel attempted to handcuff Grant as Perrone held Grant down with his knee. Hmm. We've heard that pose before, haven't we? When he could not get Grant's hands, Mersel pulled out his gun. Within seven minutes of Perrone arriving on the platform, Oscar Grant was fatally shot. So this is my problem. There was no de-escalation there. It was consistent and steady escalation, right? So when the cops show up, 90% of the time, they make shit worse. Not good. So nothing happened to him. And that's what's so disheartening and so upsetting to me. This man started an event that spiraled out of control and caused my son to lose his life, Joe Hansen says, as she listened to the tapes. Neither Mersel nor Perrone agreed to comment for this story. Imagine that. The internal documents and tapes show that BART's criminal investigators and leaders repeatedly missed opportunities to question officers, limiting the scope and potentially the outcome of both the criminal and administrative investigations. 
Just after the shot was fired, BART police officers put out a call for medical assistance and backup over the radio. What they didn't broadcast was that an officer was the shooter. I had to basically put two and two together and figure out it was an officer-involved shooting on my own, one Oakland police officer would later tell investigators. The BART detectives, the BART detective who responded to the initial call, Joel Enriquez, also had to wait for another officer to clarify that the incident was a police shooting. Enriquez can be heard in recordings from that night telling another officer that he wished he could review the policy manual so he could be better prepared to investigate the incident. Wow. Enriquez was also close to two of the primary officers involved in the incident, Johannes Mercel and Tony Perone. I would like to put it on record that I have a close personal and working relationship with you, Tony and Tony Enriquez, addressing Perone, said on January 1st, 2009. Tape recorded less than an hour after Grant died in an Oakland hospital, and I want to make sure that you're okay with me interviewing you. Yeah, I'm fine with that, Perone responded. Peron replied, in the initial interview with Peron, Enriquez fails to ask key questions about the officer's repeated use of force and does not challenge or ask Peron to explain his assertion that he was himself on the verge of using deadly force and in fear of his life. Enriquez did not respond to requests for comment. Peron's partner, Officer Marisol Domenci, told investigators that she felt the crowd on the platform was so threatening after Mercil shot Grant that she was ready to open fire herself. That's when I knew, you know, it's us or them, the crowd, she said during a January 7th, 2009 interview, because she only had two taser cartridges. She said she thought <clears throat> she'd have to, to start shooting people. I started thinking, Jesus, I'm going to have to do this. Oh my God, listen to this. So because the cops spiraled out of control, here's another cop thinking, oh my God, I'm going to have to open up and just start shooting people because people are pissed off that they murdered somebody unjustly. Oh my God. So the whole, oh my God, this gets me going. So that shows you right there, the whole mindset is wrong. Excuse me for one second. It just shows you the whole mindset is wrong going in. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? So, oh, man, this just gets me going. Do we got anybody here listening? Come on, phone. What are you doing to me? Stupid phone locks me out. I got it on a timer for 10 minutes. And it'll, you know, after five minutes, the damn thing will time out. Three minutes. Like, what are you doing? I didn't tell you to time out. And it hasn't been 10 minutes. Stop. Damn thing. You got, a, you got a nap going. Wake up. Come on. Got your smartphone. It's a farts moan, not a, not a smartphone. Anyway, getting back to the article. The outside law firm Bart hired to take over the internal affairs inquiry later concluded that both officers exaggerated or lied about their level of fear during the incident in an attempt to justify their actions. Both were fired, though Dementia won't lose, won her job back after an appeal. <clears throat> wow. So she said she was willing to open fire on the crowd and she was just moments from doing it. 
and she got her job back. Wow, she's going to kill people. Just a week into the shooting inquiry, BART investigators did start to raise questions about Perone's violent behavior, police reports show. In one report, BART police commander Maria White noted that eight days after the killing, one of the department's internal affairs investigators, Sergeant David Chalbowski, alerted her to a witness video on a local TV website. Wow. Sergeant Chabowski and several unnamed BART detectives voiced concern over Perron's actions depicted in the tape. But she told, <clears throat> excuse me, but she told the detective unit members that their primary focus was the homicide investigation, delaying a probe into Perron's actions. Right. So the homicide investigation is directly tied to Peron using excessive force when he first showed up on the scene. Right. He had the opportunity to de-escalate, but he escalated, called for backup, and then it just it, it went wrong at so many different turns. You know, she waited a month until several days after the after Bart obtained a copy of the video from Alameda County district attorney's office before ordering BART detective Alan Fwang to open a criminal investigation into Prune's use of force. In subsequent police reports, Fwang described interviewing Perone and his partner, Dementi, the night of the shooting. The result of his inquiry was a brief summary report. On March 20th, 2009, the report was submitted without recommendation to the DA's office for their review and disposition. Perone was never charged. Alameda, Alameda County District Attorney Nancy O'Malley said in an interview with KQED and NPR that not charging Perone was a strategic decision. Her office wanted to build a strong, the strongest possible case against Mercil, which meant using Perone as a witness, she explained. That is such bullshit. That is such bullshit. He was a key witness in this because he started the whole thing, she said. He started the whole thing. He's not a key witness. He's a defense. He's a he's a perp. In February 2009, under intense public pressure, Bart hired an outside law firm called Myers Nave, Myers Nave, to do an internal affairs investigation of the incident. See, this is ridiculous. Why internal affairs? No, make it external. Bart's board decided to hire Myers, Myers, Nave, Nave, whatever, because it felt like it was critical that the public would have confidence in an independent investigation conducted by a well-respected, experienced law firm, according to a statement from a spokeswoman. <laughs> Sounds like a, a statement from a spokeswoman, doesn't it? A whole lot of words without saying anything. Um. So the Myers Nave reports report show which was unsealed by the Right to Know Act, Senate Bill 1421 in 2019, found that Perone's aggressive behavior on the platform broke policy and escalated the situation. There it is. Rather than taking control of the situation in a way that ensured public safety. There it is. He should be tried, convicted, and banned from law enforcement. 
The tapes show that Myers Nave investigators asked Perron to explain why he used racial epithet epithets in an exchange with Grant. Whoa. I specific remember specifically remember telling him about his four-year-old daughter and how he What? I specifically remember telling him telling me about his four-year-old daughter and how he respects the police. What? That makes no sense. Then, then why are you giving us a bad time? Perone said to the Myers invest, Navi investigations. That's when he. That's when he says, "Well, you're a bitch ass n-word," and I said, "You're calling me a bitch ass n-word," you know that type of thing. And he said, "Yeah." And then I said, "Bitch ass n-word, huh?" I think that's when Mercil comes over and pushes him down. Wow. Wow. Perone was in large part responsible for setting the events in motion that created a chaotic and tense situation on the platform, setting the stage, even if in, inadvertent, for, shooting, for the shooting of Oscar Grant, the report found. There you go. The report also found that Perone's statements about his grounds for detaining Grant, his own actions and use of force shifted across multiple interviews and were contradicted by witness and video evidence. Based on his report, Perone was fired. That's not good enough. Not good enough just to be fired. Perone is currently serving the California Army National Guard. He's a Special Forces Communications Sergeant. Wow. Perone is, highly, is a highly decorated soldier with many awards and has been in the military since 1997. A spokesman for the National Guard wrote in an email he declined to answer for further questions. So this brings up the point. Previous military should not be allowed in the police force. It's a conflict of interest. You don't go from being a soldier you know, and let's look at what our soldiers are doing right now. They're occupying countries, kicking in doors and arresting people and throwing them in Guantanamo or Abu Ghraib with or without charges against them. So we don't want that skill set on our streets as peace officers. We want people with a degree in psychology who specialize in de-escalation, right? If we need the armed thugs with guns, we can call the SWAT division, right? Like <clears throat> the, the, the police that we have now should be 10% of the overall force. And if you need strong muscle, muscle bound guys with guns, then they show up. If you don't, then they send a social worker, you know, hello, all domestic disputes. You know, you don't need a gun, you know, it 90% of 99% of crime, I would say is solved after the fact. You never have a cop stop a crime in progress. It's very, very, very rare. So first, let's look at that, right? The police department gets a call and they send out a unit. So you could choose which unit do we send? Do we send the de-escalation unit, a social worker with, you know, counseling classes and, and a, a certificate in de-escalation training and de-escalation? Or do we send the hopped up, you know, muscle bound dudes with guns? Is it a hostage situation? Is it a bank robbery? Okay, if it's not, 
send the social worker. Pretty fucking simple, right? And that would eliminate, you know, the Oscar Grant, the George Floyd, all these things. All these things. Ah, gets me so fired up. Anyway, we got a couple people in the house. What's going on? Miss Kitty Cat, what is going on? And JMK, Lucifer One, what's going on? Hail Satan. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Freakity Friday. Oh, yeah. So, um, want to open it up to any questions if anybody's got a question. But, um, you know, I think that's enough about the Oscar case, Oscar Grant case. Um, it's despicable. It's another case of, uh, you know, an internal investigation not going nearly far enough. But do they ever? You know, that's why they're investigated internally so they can keep it in-house, right? And I think that is all bullshit. Um, it needs to be transparent. If there's anything that should be banned from an internal investigation, it's police use of force. Um, you know, I mean, strike three, you know, three violations and then you're done with law enforcement forever. And, and the prerequisites to becoming a law officer. You're not on steroids, so you don't have roid rage. You get drug tested, you know, regularly to make sure that you're not confiscating drugs and doing them like the rampart investigation in the LAPD and uh, make sure you're not all hopped up on steroids. So you're not having roid rage, right? You know, no, no veterans because it's the wrong skill set, the absolute 180 degree wrong skill set for a peace officer. Right. So we need to, sh we need to shift our mindset, right? During the Bush weapons of mass destruction, they began our, the militarization of our police force. And part of that was to so they could justify buying new military stuff to increase the military budget, right? So, oh, let's give the old stuff either to ISIS, they just left a bunch of it in Iraq, or we can give it to, you know, police departments. No, we don't want, you know, military, we don't want police departments having, you know, armored vehicles. Hell no. No. We got the National Guard for that shit. We got SWAT for that shit. Oh, my God. Anyway, got a message here. And another thing. Good morning. How are you? Oh, the lovely AJ. The lovely AJ, six, I mean, 89. How's it going? How's it going? Happy Friday to you. Yardy, yardly, yardly, yard. Yeah. We got Kyle, AJ, JMK, and Miss Kitty Cat. What is going on, people? I was just breaking down the weekly news for you. Um, in other stories, it also looks like an appeals court has suspended Rudy Giuliani's ability to practice law in D.C. Oh, yeah. Bye-bye. July 8th, 2021. The suspension by the District of Columbia Court of Appeals and a New York State Appellate Court stems from Rudy Giuliani's attempts to overturn the results of the 2020 election. Bye-bye, buddy. Never was a fan of Giuliani. Never was. Also, it looks like Tropica Storm, Tropical Storm Elsa is blamed for one death in Florida 
And now it's heading north. Whoa, whoa. And let's see. 15 states drop opposition to controversial Purdue Pharma Oxycontin bankruptcy. Ooh, so they're going to allow Purdue, Purdue Pharma to go through with their bankruptcy, which is a drag because, you know, bankruptcy uh, protects corporations from losing their assets. So we want them to lose their ass sets. Um, then there's another great story here. Capitalism. God wants you to be rich. In the New Testament, Jesus says it's easier to be a for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a, a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. In the United States today, many Christians believe in something radically different. In what's known as the prosperity gospel, wealth is a sign of virtue and God's favor. Ah. The effects of this belief can be seen throughout American life, from business to politics to social policy. Yeah, we worship the rich over here. You know, as the average American can't afford a $400 emergency, we worship the rich. We think somehow they're going to have our best interests in mind. Oh, yeah. And then in other news, small businesses feel the pain of summer without international tourists. Shows a picture of a Volkswagen bus in front of the Golden Gate Bridge. Ten more bodies have been found on the Florida condo collapse site. An MLK Jr. statue was vandalized with graffiti in Southern California. Wow. <sighs> Judge says the Air Force is mostly responsible for a 2017 Texas church shooting. The U.S. Air Force failed to submit a former serviceman's criminal history into database, which should have prevented him from purchasing firearms later used in a shooting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty crazy. What led a police chief turned yoga instructor to the Capitol riot? Wow. <laughs> That's a great one. Alan Hostetter, once a police chief and yoga instructor, became known for protesting pandemic lockdowns in California. Now he's facing conspiracy charges for his alleged role in the U.S. Capitol riot. <laughs> that didn't work out so well, did it? Hmm. Okay, what else we got in the news here? The Republican National Committee was targeted by hackers. Oh, that's awesome. The RNC said one of its contractors was targeted, but that no data was accessed. The attempt may be the second Russian attack. Wow. The attempt may be the second Russian attack on U.S. entities in recent days. Maybe. Okay, we got to get into this one just because. Is there any proof it was Russia? So this is, this is Russiagate baiting again, I think. Wow. So, but digging through it, the FBI said it is aware of the incident, has no additional comment at this time. The FBI Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency haven't determined attribution for the attack yet. So, what was the thing about Russia? FBI doesn't know Jack. The news was first reported by Bloomberg 
two people familiar with the matter told Bloomberg the attack came from a group linked to Russia. So this is what I hate about our current lamestream media. It's it's horrible. Two, the news came from two people familiar with the matter. What? Who are these two people? What made them familiar with the matter? Oh, maybe that they're U.S. diplomats? Or, or maybe that they're uh, part of a propaganda team? Wow. The breach would be the ma second major cyber attack by a Russian network on the United States in recent days if this, if the source of the attack is confirmed. If the source of the attack is confirmed. So you see what they're saying? They're doing Russia, Russia, Russia. Oh, but we don't have any proof. A ransomware attack by the Russian language Revil Gang reportedly struck at least 200 U.S. companies over the weekend. So it's a ransomware attack led by the R-E-V-I-L gang, Revil. So just because it's using Russian language, does that mean it's Russian? You know, if the CIA was going to do a false flag attack, they would do it in Russian, wouldn't they? Or Farsi, so that we thought it was either, or Chinese, so that we thought it was either Russia, Iran, or China. Because guess what? Those are the big, big evil villains that we need to bring democracy to, right? In the form of bombs. All right, let's take a message. One thing we should all keep in mind. I mean, no, you know, offense, you know, towards anybody who believes wholeheartedly in our uh, wonderful uh, quote unquote news media um, channels. But uh, I think we all need to keep in mind that the uh, news media is actually paid for by the government. Yeah. So, you know, I personally, I don't believe shit that I hear on the news. So, yeah, hopefully your sources are actually, you know, worth a shit. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for that comment, JMK. That's why I refer to the mainstream media as the lame stream media. Um, and unfortunately, NPR is almost in that vein of propagandistic news. Like this article that I'm reading from right now, it's appalling. They keep saying Russia, Russia, Russia. Oh, if the allegations prove to be correct. Like what? So you're hyping us, you know, the news was first reported by Bloomberg. Two people familiar with the matter told Bloomberg the attack came from a group linked to Russia. So two people called up Bloomberg, planted a story to get our attention, but we're not told who those people are or what their association to the issue is. Huh. Sounds like a planted story to me, right? I mean, um, yeah, I mean, that's the deal with... Yeah. So, JMK, I appreciate your comment. I don't know if I agree that the media is paid for by the government, but what I do know is that all of our media is owned by five corporations, right? So whether you're talking TV news, radio news, newspapers, or billboards, they're all owned by five corporations. All those five corporations have a vested interest in us staying at war. You know, you'll never hear an anti-war message on the lamestream media. 
Phil Donahue had the highest ranking show of all time on, I forget which station, but they pulled him because he spoke out against the Iraq war. They, they canceled their best rated show of all time because he wouldn't stop talking anti-war rhetoric. So there it is. Oh yeah, of course the uh, the news media is hyping you up. You know whether it's on the internet, whether it's in a newspaper, um, you know on Facebook or you know any type of social media even because you get some you know news things on there as well. Um, but uh, that's the thing that most people don't know is that that uh, the government pays news media companies to basically make things sound more extreme than they are. And then what the news media channels do is they make it sound extreme and they do more of it because it gets them more funding. So, yeah, yeah, lame, lame stream media is definitely uh, definitely a, an appropriate term for them. Yeah, JMK, I could not agree more. Um, right. So it, it, this is a prime example of this is the talking heads, right? The. We have an expert to come on and talk about this. Well, who's that expert that's going to talk about, you know, the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq? Oh, it's going to be a retired army general or somebody who's getting paid from the war machine, right? Or it's going to be a lobbyist or, you know, it's unbelievable. So, yeah, you know, did, did, did the lamestream media ever come out, you know, and correct the weapons of mass destruction bullshit lie? No, they didn't. They never did, right? So there you go. That's the elephant in the room. They'll keep talking shit about Russia, about Iran, about China, but they won't circle back and go, oh, Iraq? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Got that one wrong. No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to talk about, you know, 20 years plus in Afghanistan. We're not going to talk about, you know, the fact that we armed ISIS and gave them money so that we could justify, you know, this phantom enemy that we have on the other side of the world in countries that happen to have oil, right? You know, so we prop up ISIS so that we can say that we're fighting Assad and his brutal regime, when in actuality, we're half-assed fighting ISIS and arming them and supporting them. Who's really fighting ISIS? Russia is. But... <laughs> It's we get nothing but spin in the U.S. So, you know, if anybody wants to know some some awesome investigative journalists, I've got a little list here. Abby Martin is a great one. She did a uh, an ex four part expose on Israel and Palestine where she went and lived over there and interviewed people. It's fantastic. Max Blumenthal, another great uh, journalist. He exposed the bullshit about Venezuela. You know, he went down there and videoed grocery stores absolutely full of food. So it's total media bullshit propaganda that there's no food in the grocery stores. What's happening is the rich elite are withholding certain products from the shelves, trying to get the people to revolt to do an internal coup. So they're preventing tampons and toilet paper from reaching the shelves, which got plenty of steak, beer, wine, you name it, stuff that, you know, rich people eat and use but they're bringing the poor people to their knees to try to cause a revolution that way and this is the the one percent of venezuela who is working in lockstep with the one percent here and that's you know their propped up leader that we announced as the leader of venezuela that guy did not win their election 
So this is a military coup happening right here in front of our face. Same thing in Bolivia, same thing in Nicaragua. So Venezuela, Bolivia, Nicaragua. We are overthrowing democracy in those three countries currently. Exactly. It, it reminds me, you know, the, the news media, you know, anytime they say anything, you know, of course, the government's telling them, hey, you know, we want you to put this news story out or whatever. It, it's like Biden and, uh, and his flashcards. You know, he's only allowed to answer specific questions. Those questions are typed up on a flashcard and there's a, a uh, pre-organized uh, answer specifically for each of those questions. And it tells him in order which news person he can speak to and all of that. That's why they're always so busy trying to rush him out of like news conferences and everything. <laughs> yeah, this country's sadly to say this country's turning into a real big joke. Yeah, JMK, you nailed it, right? They get they rush him out of there like he's got 10 places to be right away. He doesn't have shit to do. Come on. Come on. He's the president, you know? He could do whatever. He could he could do whatever he needs to do from a chair, from one office. He doesn't need to go anywhere with the technology we have. So the fact that he's answering you nailed it. They frame it through such a narrow frame that he can say things that can be interpreted as good and true. When in reality, we need to look at what they're not saying and read in between the lines. Hey, got a new listener. Ryan, what's going on? I'm going to be completely honest with, with you guys. I don't watch the news because it's, there's too much negativity on there. So I watch some other shows. Right on, Ryan. Um, so, yeah, I think we got to be careful what we call news, right? Like, I get my news from individual journalists on YouTube, but if you're watching a quote-unquote news show, man, um, they've all fallen pretty far. You know, even TYT used to be pretty good, and now they've gone total centrist right-wing after taking $20 million from the Hillary Clinton campaign, or camp. Um, you know, they're smearing Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore is a great source, redacted tonight, Ryan, um, if you don't like quote unquote news programs, check out the Jimmy Dore show. D-O-R-E is how you spell his last name. And also check out Redacted Tonight with Lee Camp. Those are both two really good shows kind of set in the premise of the old Jon Stewart show, The Daily Show, where they take, you know, recent news stories and then kind of shed a little bit of light on it. And um, they also bring up you know, people's comments and Twitter posts and shred those people live. So it's pretty awesome. Anyway, hope, uh, hope you find that somewhat useful. Yeah. Dana Rogers, what's going on, man? Hey, clean heart, clean heart radio. What's going on? Um, yeah, man. So I don't know. I think I'm probably going to wrap it here unless anybody has another comment, but, uh, this has been my first broadcast from my new sound booth. So hope the audio sounds good. I won't know until I listen back and do the, the editing. But I've uh, been going for almost an hour now, so I'll keep it going for another few minutes. We'll, we'll try to hit the, the one-hour mark. Let me see if I can pull up any, uh, any more interesting stories here. Has anybody else heard any uh, 
stories in the news that they want to touch on or definitely open to talking about whatever <laughs> ooh Pentagon scraps $10 billion contract with Microsoft, bitterly contested by Amazon. The Defense Department canceled its $10 billion cloud contract called Jedi, planning instead to hire multiple vendors. Amazon sued after it lost to Microsoft. So, yeah, it should all be, should be open for bidding, right? No, no bid contracts. That's, that's nepotism. Um, so we need more transparency in all aspects of government. I believe, I do believe. Fourth of July shootings across the country killed more than 180 people. Wow. Overdoses involving fentanyl and cocaine are on the rise. Hey now, more Americans are vaccinated and ready to hit the party circuit. If that night out includes cocaine or meth, the consequences can be deadly, as many drugs are increasingly laced with fentanyl. How shitty would that be? You buy some cocaine, which is an upper, and somebody laces it with fentanyl, which is a downer. So now all of a sudden, not now are you not only not getting what you paid for, but now you're going to like overdose and your heart's going to stop. Great. Yeah, man. So that's our weekend news. And if you don't like it, go out and make some of your own. Yeah, baby, yeah. So this has been And Another Thing with Dave coming at you with the weekly wrap-up. Hope you dig it. If you dig what I'm doing, picking up what I'm throwing down, please do like, follow, subscribe, and share. I'm on all social media outlets. You can catch my podcast any place you listen to podcasts. I'm on over 20 platforms now, including Amazon Music, Podcast Addict, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many, many more, including Spotify and Anchor and Stereo, which is where we're recording live. Peace out. Have a great week, people. I'm not trying to tell you what to think, just trying to tell you to think. Take care and keep seeking the truth. All right, thanks for tuning in to another episode and another thing with Dave. Please follow, subscribe, and share. I'm on all social media and another thing with Dave. And keep seeking the truth.